Hello and welcome to season two of Jeff Brazier, Only Human, where we can talk and ask questions about what is working in our lives, but also the areas where we need a little help. So this podcast is all about doing that, saying out loud what we're finding tough right now and sharing advice and tips on the things that are helping, removing the pressures we put on ourselves and taking every day one step at a time. So last Saturday, I did my first full presenting job at a game for BT Sport. So for four years I've worked for them. I've um, done my apprenticeship, if you like, by going to a different game every Saturday, sometimes midweek, um, you know, and reporting back, whether it's for the results show or whether it's actually as part of the live presentation team where you do the manager interviews before and after the game and interview the man of the match and stuff like that. Uh, but this is different because this is you literally fronting the whole presentation for the, the two, two and a half hours that it's on. So it's something that I've wanted to do for some time now, felt ready to do it, um, which is really important, actually. I've watched uh, a guy called Matt Smith do it in front of me and do it brilliantly. In in fact, sometimes slightly too effortlessly um, because it's hard to really, you know, he was making it look so easy but you know it isn't, um, it's it's kind of hard to, um, to understand exactly what it's going to feel like when you come to do it. I had lots of nerves really going into it throughout the week, and I thought that in this episode it'd be really worth sharing with you um, how I prepared, how I dealt with uh, being nervous in the moment, and actually really what we do off the back of that to ensure that um, the experience is capitalised on in, in the best way, and if there's anything you feel you can do better. Whilst this sounds like a career thing, you know, that is a a part of it, I guess. But for all of us, there are big life changing moments that can sometimes be, you know, difficult moments, things that we've got to navigate that um, we didn't ask for and how we compose ourselves and keep ourselves in a certain mindset, certain state of mind um, to get the best from the situation, essentially coping with the nerves and how we can navigate life-defining moments like the one I had at the weekend in order to to find the satisfaction that we all want to feel. We all want a sense of satisfaction, just feeling pleased and being able to say to ourselves, that was good enough. I worked out really on reflection that it was probably my fourth career defining opportunity. So my first one was being a footballer. Whilst I'd made it professional, I didn't really make my first team debut at Leighton Orient. I was only on the bench a few times and then went off into non-league football after I'd been released, got injured and that was that. So I wasn't ready for my first big opportunity. My next opportunity was as a presenter. I'd done a show called uh, Dirty Laundry for T4. I then got uh, lined up really to replace Vernon Kay for um, for T4. And uh, again, I wasn't ready. The nerves overcame me. Um, I didn't believe in myself. And that opportunity also passed me by as well. My third one, sticking with presenting. I did the ITV2 version of the uh, of the Jungle. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I presented that um, one series. And from what I heard, I was very close to replacing Holly Willoughby. I think she was heavily pregnant and she wasn't going to do the X Factor 2 series. And apparently I was being sort of lined up for that. I don't know really whether there was a moment that I didn't take or what had happened at the time. I think it was at a similar time to the boys losing their mum, and I'm I'm not sure if that was a factor or not. But either way, another near miss, if you like. I guess that, that's me setting it up and telling you the story behind it all. 
and the fact that I am literally on my fourth career defining moment. If we nearly did something and it didn't quite happen, um, I think some people sometimes can just leave it there and decide that, oh, well, you know, that, that was my one opportunity to do something with my life. And I'm really glad that for whatever reason, I've decided that I'm going to keep going until... It's not, you know, it's not really about reaching a certain point in life or it's certainly not about reaching a certain level of income. It's not about reaching a certain level of fame. Far from it. Football doesn't really give you that. Um, it's more about reaching a feeling, feeling of satisfaction within your own self, your own career, your own performance. You know, I, I was definitely not a 10, 10 out of 10 on Saturday, but I felt like I was calm. I was composed. There was a few things that went wrong from a technical point of view, and that didn't throw me. And again, like there's definitely areas that I, I know I could improve it. In fact, like when can we not improve? But I just afterwards just felt satisfied. But yeah, coming away from now, I don't think you can ever fool yourself. And you either feel disappointed, you can feel neutral, or you can feel like, that was good enough. And that's something I've learned to ask myself uh, probably over the last year or so. Uh, in fact, this question was something that my psychotherapist suggested to me to ask when it comes to my garden specifically. Um, I can't remember the, the exact context, but she just said, why don't you ask yourself if, it was, if it's good enough? And I don't ever really ask myself that. So I related it to this and asked myself when I got in the car, was that good enough? And the the answer was, yeah, it, it, it was good enough. It wasn't perfect. It didn't need to be perfect. It just needed to be, I guess, encouraging enough for my bosses that they would give me another opportunity at some point. So if I was to break it down, uh, and again, this is where I feel like I can give some uh, context and some, some relevance and some benefit to you listening to this before I get into anyone's questions, is, you know, I was nervous beforehand. And I think... A good way to cope with nerves and to keep them to a minimum is firstly to just recognize why they're there. They're there because you're outside of your comfort zone and you're outside of your comfort zone because you want to push on. And I don't think you can push on and achieve things if you are playing within yourself. It's a good thing that I'm nervous. I accept the nerves. I accept that they're there. I know why they're there. I know it's natural and normal that they are there. What wouldn't be good or normal or natural would be for me to make them worse unnecessarily. So there's ways that we can obviously um, make sure that doesn't happen. And this is my preemptive um, advice, if you like. So what I would do is ensure that I am as prepared as possible. What does preparation look like? Certainly in this example, it's about uh, being prepared for all eventualities. It's about asking yourself, what, what is the worst that could happen? Uh, what would you do in that scenario? Are you across your notes? Do you know exactly what it is that you're talking about? Um, like firstly, again, just as a, a real sort of basic point, but you know, make sure you leave with plenty of time because again, what would be the worst thing? Me turning up late, that would really get me uh, worked up, wouldn't it? And I'd be worrying about, am I going to get there on time? And, you know, what, what's going to happen? Am I going to therefore not give myself as much time to prepare as I would do actually on set, as they call it? Um, so we leave nice and early, to be honest. There was a bit of traffic around the Dartford Bridge. There was an issue with the A13. So it was a really good job that I actually did, because if not, then I think that I would have put myself right under pressure. Even that day, I knew I was going to have some excess energy, so I made sure that I trained first thing in the morning. I went to CrossFit, had a really good class. I know that that really helped. 
I then um, had a really nice breakfast and just, you know what, took everything in my stride, went over some notes that I'd made and just made sure I knew what I thought I knew um, so that you kind of give yourself that that reassurance both the night before and also the morning of as well. So as it sounds, I, I hope it doesn't sound excessive, but I just, I, I guess that's what I wanted to give myself in terms of, um, you know, just before we take off, you know, uh, when you're on the runway, exactly how do you go about it? So that's how I went about it um, personally. So, you know, in terms of in that moment when we're live um, and in terms of how I held it together. So I think it's continuously using positive self-dialogue. So, you know, you, you might sort of utter to yourself like, well done, without looking like a nutter, just sort of making sure that you're like, well done. And just taking one bit at a time, taking one, how many times have we heard that in life? You know, take one step at a time. It really was um, relevant in the situation that I was in. Um, I didn't need to worry about the end of the show, what happened post-match, um, if we're at half time. Um, so I just needed to take one little segment and that was my way of breaking things down in order to, to put my complete focus and attention on what I was doing in that particular moment, which uh, again is a really good bit of advice, I think, when it comes to anything. So after the program goes out and we all have a little chat before everybody goes their own way, you'd think maybe, well, that's the job done. But for me, um, in terms of my own personal development and um, to really extract every bit of usefulness out of that experience, I think we then want to reflect personally, but also to seek the feedback of the people that are ultimately in charge of um, you ever doing it again. So I always think that that's a really good move, but I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. So you've heard a lot about my new challenge and how that went and what I did in order to give it the best possible chance of going as well as I'd hoped it would. Um, so here's Emma with a few of your questions because I put out on social media what you're going through with regards to new challenges in life generally. Emma, what's the first one? This first question comes from Zoe. I'm about to purchase my first home and the fear, excitement, anxiety, nervousness, stress feelings are high. How do I help contain those? If we're in a coaching session, Zoe, uh, I'd make you list, and I'm asking you to do this, all of the emotions that that house buying situation is putting you through or making you feel. All right, so you might have a list of six, seven, eight, however many, it doesn't matter. Um, then I'd like you to rate them in order in terms of what is the most um, anxiety-inducing thing um, that you've listed um, right down to obviously something that you know, you, you, you're recognising it, but it's not actually really bothering you that much. I'd also then like you to write next to all of them, um, whether it's anxiety that you're, you're feeling or whether it's excitement that you're feeling, uh, whether it's nerves, because I think the labels that we put on things, especially when it comes to anxiety or anything sort of, you know, on that same scale, it can be enough to escalate the situation. Um, so look, what you're doing is you're getting a little bit analytical. We, we'd start to define exactly what element of buying a house it is that you are maybe perceiving as a negative. Um, we know that nerves, because I shared with you what happened to me on Saturday, if it wasn't for feeling nervous, 
I, I wouldn't be doing things that, that could potentially progress my career. I wouldn't be putting myself in a position to grab an opportunity with both hands. So the fact that you're nervous in that context, is it a good thing? What percentage is it good? What percentage is it bad? Again, you can look at what number that is in each area and you might start to realise it might start to actually reduce the feeling of, of fear and trepidation that you might be going through. I would ask you, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? These are all really standard coaching questions that help someone to explore their mind because I wouldn't tell you, you know, what you need to do. Um, but I'd have a really good go at examining exactly what it feels like for you. So I hope in all of those questions, um, you find some benefit, but again, breaking it down into really small bits, using a journal to do that. Um, you know, is there risk? Uh, I think there is a lot of risk in, in buying homes. It's a, it's a, maybe the biggest financial outlay you've ever made. Um, you know, just, just making sure that your apprehension is relative to the amount of risk involved. And again, asking yourself, well, financially, what's the worst thing that could happen? Um, you know, is there, is there a way of me reducing the risk so that I feel more comfortable with what I'm about to do. It might actually be about your relationship. I really hope it isn't. Uh, it might be, you know, I'm going to really need to feel solid within this relationship. If it is about that, or if there are elements of the fact that you are going into it with somebody else and that you're both liable, your names are both on the mortgage, how can you make the relationship stronger? How can you seek the reassurance from your partner that you're both going to be um, able to, to, to see that commitment through. There are so many caveats to where that conversation between you and I could go. I hope that all of those questions will just give you a, a, a starting point to being able to just explore exactly where that fear comes from, um, what it is and what it's to do with. I hope it helps. We're a community, so if you have any advice or solutions, perhaps ways you've done this, let me know and I'll share in next week's podcast. The email is only.human at absoluteradio.co.uk. This question comes from Nikki. Do you give yourself a pep talk just before taking on a new challenge or entering a stressful situation? And if you do, what do you say to yourself? love talking to myself. So I'd always, uh, on the way to this game on Saturday, I'd be saying thank you. Um, I'd be literally just putting as much gratitude out there as possible because, again, it just reminds me that I've asked for this situation, I've asked for the opportunity, I've got it. So it wouldn't make sense for me to be sat there fearing it and feeling like I don't want it now. It's not what I really wanted. I don't want to feel like this because I accept that, that any nerves relating to a new challenge are only there because that's where they're meant to be. And I'm putting myself into a situation where something new can flourish. Opportunities can grow from what I'm sowing right now, the seeds that I'm sowing, if you like. So, so gratitude is pretty much um, what I can think of me using verbally. Uh, you know, you might sit there and just say, I've got this or, you know, I want it or I'm good enough. You might use some affirmations, actually. An affirmation that I can use is I'm going to be really calm, composed, collected. I'm going to be insightful today. Uh, I'm going to be personable. I'm going to have really good, um, interesting conversations within my interviews. I'm going to give everybody the, the impression that they can rely on me uh, and, and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to share my vulnerability. Um, I'm going to... 
ask for help if I need it. You know, I, I, I might have just gone through all of those things that would be good for me to do. And that's a, yeah, a way of using self-dialogue uh, as that pep talk, as we, as we often call it as well. Just to, again, I think what we're doing is we're just maintaining a focus and we are, yeah, giving ourselves that validation and that encouragement and that motivation uh, because it can come from us. It doesn't have to come from uh, anybody else. You know, it makes sense for, for one of my family members to call me and do anything other than just say, good luck. You know, if they would have, right, you've got to do this and you've got, no one knows the job or the situation or the opportunity better than me. So to look for pointers elsewhere, unless it's literally the person that you know does the job better than you, or it's people that, that ultimately are employed to, to tell you what to do and how to do it, um, then all you really need is your own pep talk, uh, your own motivation, your own encouragement. I think that comes from a really powerful place and we should do it more. And we should embrace talking to ourselves in that context. So this is what I did after the game um, and when it came to really embracing uh, what I'd learned and what I'd, what I'd gained from that new challenge. And we're all experiencing new challenges all the time. So this might be useful to you. But I remember sitting in the car, um, music had played a part in relaxing me. Uh, a lot of us obviously listen to music for that exact reason. I put on the album that I'd been listening to whilst doing my notes and doing my preparations. Um, I'll tell you what it is. It was Cleo Soul and it was an album called Mother. Um, a beautiful album. Please check it out and um, let me know if you enjoy that as well. Um, it, it, yeah, it allowed me to, to be emotional, which was again, me just recognizing that it went well. And I think that's a, a lovely thing to allow yourself. And I think a lot of the time we, we deny ourselves. But I think the point is, is that without the music, i probably wouldn't have had that moment. So music is an anchor, um, you can call it a trigger. You can really call it what you like, but it's just something that takes you to a feeling, you know, you'll, you'll know that there were probably soundtracks to certain elements of your life um hopefully all good some bad sometimes but you know when you listen to that that piece of music that song it will remind you of a time uh, that you felt really good or you felt really emotional and sometimes that can be really powerful and i know that that was for me so a thing uh, would be rewarding your achievements i've definitely touched on it in the first series in terms of Sometimes, and I definitely realise this myself, I do not congratulate myself. And when something goes well or I get a job or something progresses, um, I don't sort of get out the, the, the champagne or I don't, um, I don't, I'm a bit tough, you know, I'm a bit like hard to please. It's like, yeah, okay, well done, but what next? Um, whereas I've learned that actually it's a really important thing for us to recognise the wins, even if they're really, really tiny. It doesn't matter. Make a gesture doesn't have to be an expensive bottle of champagne it never is with us anyway but you know it, it might just be like a, a, a treat like chocolate or going to do something you wouldn't necessarily allow yourself to do so uh, i'd definitely say take that one on board if you can this final question is from lucy she says how do you cope with disappointment if things don't go according to plan Great question. And that, do you know what? Thank you for filling the gaps, um, filling the gap there in my, in my reflection, because um, I guess we only reflect on the reality and how it actually went. But yeah, if I was disappointed with something and, and don't get me wrong, you can view it as a whole, but I, I, I don't, I'll view it as, 
you know, 80% of it went, went well and was more than acceptable for, for where I'm at and for what the opportunity was. But then there'll always be a few things, maybe 20% of things that I could tighten up. That would tell me where to put my focus. Um, if I had screwed up, like if I didn't feel like it was um, acceptable, if I wasn't satisfied with the job that I'd done, then again, I think we just come back to our reflections. We come back to making sure that we get the benefit from those lessons. And again, uh, not to be particularly harsh on ourselves. So it would just be like, you know, being honest and open with our employers and saying, you know, I wasn't happy with this and how that went. And then maybe between the two of you or yourself personally, you can come up with a plan to better prepare yourself for that um, that particular element next time. I don't think there's such thing as a good job and a bad job. I think that it can be a percentage of each. And um, I think that, you know, if we've been constructive to recognize the things that you did well is always obviously good. But the majority of our focus uh, would be on the things that we know that we could improve. Um, I would be careful of terminology such as fouled at. Um, I would I would personally use things that I could have done better and I would just get feedback. Feedback is the route to us being able to gain perspective and improve things in a way that um, we wouldn't otherwise have noticed to. And I tell you what definitely doesn't work is us just turning a blind eye and convincing ourselves that no, it was all right. Um, and and just sort of hoping that it doesn't happen again next time. Let's not leave those stones unturned, if you like. And I think it shows um, it shows a, a, a weakness maybe and an insecurity, uh, which I recognise in all of us really. For us to just be like, no, I don't want to. I, I don't want to watch it back, or I don't want to have that conversation, or I'm not going to bring it up with my boss. Um, just simply because I I want to hope that it was good enough and see if I can get away with it. That's a real negative, isn't it? Let's see if we can get away with it. No, listen, let's take responsibility. Let's be accountable. Let's be human. Let's say, I know there are areas that I could improve. So um, let's talk about them and let's actually tackle them head on, knowing that that is the best way and a way that would increase the chances of us being able to go one better on the next occasion. I mean, again, yeah, it's, this, this is perfect because I'm learning something through actually even considering this. But yeah, all throughout my whole career, I don't watch things back unless I'm absolutely certain I did really well. I can't think of something that I've watched back. So if we go through all of the things, all of the opportunities that I've told you that I've had throughout my career, I don't really look back at football games. Um, I... Don't look back at any of the the old sort of shipwrecked T4 uh, dirty laundry stuff because again I look back and think wow uh, you know that was a real different version of me I was so not ready for the opportunities that I that I had in my fingertips it's such a shame that that I was not ready for those things but again understanding it it gave me a lesson it gave me the the education and the knowledge that I've put together to maybe get to a point where at this stage of my career, at the age of 42 and on my fourth big career opportunity, I would be able to actually take it this time. And I think that anyone that thinks that success is a straight line, something that's achieved effortlessly by people that are potentially really talented or someone that you perceive to be really great at their job, they didn't just wake up one day and know how to present a, a, a football broadcast or any example that you could come up with. No, they, they had to make mistakes. They had to 
they had to actually, you know, cost themselves opportunities in the past. And it's more of a zigzag and it's more like snakes and ladders. Um, and anyone who's, who's achieved anything in life, I think will tell you exactly that. So why are we scared of putting ourselves out of our comfort zone? Like if we actually recognize it is such a vital part of the journey that is, you know, us refining who we are as an individual, you know, that trajectory, like when you, when you imagine that there's two paths, really, there's your, your professional path and there's your personal path as well. They're so intrinsically linked, aren't they? So it would make sense that if we're not necessarily the most developed version of ourselves, if we're in our twenties and thirties, you can guarantee that you're not the finished article, nowhere near. So as a result, you'd probably end up making lots of mistakes. So you wouldn't grab opportunities. And if you do, I guess it means that the opportunities were right for you in those particular times, but not to spend years avoiding another opportunity in case you fail again. And I know that that I've spoken about self-regulation on a number of occasions um, on the podcast. And that is, again, for those of you that hadn't heard, that's when we avoid climbing the ladder in case we fall off it like we experienced in the past. And that's a real shame that we would have got there one day and have then spent the rest of our time basically avoiding it and, you know, just circling comfort in order not to put ourselves in a position where we might get an opportunity that actually is going to terrify us. Note self, I need to stop wimping out of listening to things back. Listen to it, like take the education from it. That's my weakness. That's a weakness that I hadn't actually, I just thought that me doing that was protecting my confidence but actually what I'm doing is denying myself the opportunity to learn something about myself that will enable me to grow what a great conversation uh you know yes I'm here sitting in this lovely hotel room in St Andrews all on my own but I'm talking to you and uh and as a result you know it's very reflective for me as well Obviously, some of what we've spoken about today is is personal to me, but because we all face new challenges or avoid them, you know, this is something that's relevant for everybody, isn't it? Um, but I've learned something myself. I always do anyway when having these conversations. It's like coaching myself, um, you know, just by not shying away, I guess, of sharing your weaknesses, your vulnerabilities, but also, again, being proud to share the things that have gone well as well. And again, you can imagine how I feel. 42 years of age, looking back at um, a, a career full of opportunity, most of them missed and wasted. But yet, does it matter? No, because it led me to the point where I'm sat here talking to you, doing a wonderful podcast, or so I like to think, um, you know, talking about subjects and things that are really useful, things that really matter and things that can be really constructive as well. Learning myself, because when are we not a student of life generally? I never want to not learn. And to share it with you is, is really important. That, that feeling of connectedness and that feeling of pulling together as a team in order to help us. I mean, what is better than that? I'm full of positivity at the moment because I like to think that I took an opportunity that was presented to me and I didn't miss. And I didn't come away from there feeling unsatisfied. So I'm, I'm taking that. You know, I'm, I'm taking that, I'm running with it, grabbing it, and I'm looking to build on it. Well, as ever, thanks very much for listening to this episode of Only Human. If you like what you've heard, there'll be new episodes every Monday from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
the Absolute Radio app or wherever you get yours. Remember to rate and review the show because I love to see the feedback. If you'd like more support or advice, please go to absoluteradio.co.uk. Time to listen for details of some amazing organisations we work with who can help. You can also get in touch with your questions, concerns or dilemmas by emailing me direct at only.human at absoluteradio.co.uk. I'd really love to hear from you.